Hello, and welcome to the History Voyager, a podcast about history. My name is Benjamin Kitchings. As always, there are a zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very, very much for listening to mine. Okay, I thought today I would talk to you, gentle listener, yes, you, about some things that I've noticed going on basically in the wake of COVID-19 or maybe because of COVID-19 and stuff that has certainly come to light because of COVID-19. I think that is fair to say. And also, if I could, and maybe this is a separate podcast, I'm not really sure, but if I could, I wanted to talk, maybe to ground this in the Spanish flu in a historic sort of sense, because I do, I do see very, very much similarities between the Spanish flu and COVID-19. And I've gotten a lot of feedback about that. I've gotten a lot of feedback that a lot of people enjoy those podcasts. Well, here's one thing that I've noticed. First of all, I want you to pause the, basically the podcast and look around. Okay, are you back? Good. What did you see? Well, I would imagine it would depend on where you are. Ideally, I would hope that you're somewhere safe, that you're somewhere cool in the summer and warm in the winter, and that you're dry. I would hope that, but I don't know. But here's the other thing. You see a lot of bewildered people. I've certainly spoken to my fair share of bewildered people, people that are confused, people that come to me to ask me questions, to ask questions of my podcast, and they think this podcast provides them answers or realizations about things. And and I'm, I'm happy to do that. But... The thing I've noticed in talking to people is that people seem overwhelmed. It seems as though we have now no illusions, basically, that of what our society is. That Yes, our society is a first world country, but it is deeply unequal. And there were some underlying assumptions, I think, that some people might have had that maybe COVID-19 and the resulting, you know, trouble from that, and also the George Floyd killing and the Breonna Taylor killing and all the protests and all the riots, which I'm sorry, and this is going to sound politically incorrect, but I think there is a difference between a protest and a riot. I'm sorry, I do. But I think, honest to God that we look now and we see our society and we're looking at this and we're thinking as a people is this something we want to live in is this what we want to do because here's something that I know from years and years and years of being involved in history research we are the most self-aware as America has ever been certainly probably in the world we're some of the most self-aware people. And some of that comes from the fact that we have all this technology now. But I think really a lot of it, 
honestly has to do with the fact that we are and basically have had to be, have always had to be, we are a nation of immigrants. And, you know, our laws have kind of forced us to interpolate that lately into illegal, that is, undocumented is another way to say that, but undocumented immigrants and also, I guess, documented or legal immigrants. And, you know, we can have that debate and I can have that podcast. But I think really, because we're a nation of immigrants, we're forced to confront the basically the actions that the American nation or the American empire or however you choose to relate America, however you choose to interface with the nation state that is the United States of America in your mind psychologically, whether you see it as an empire or a democracy within a republic. But you're forced to confront at least on some everyday, workaday level, you're forced to confront the policy decisions that have been made in your name probably since about 1946. Now, as I've said before, and I'll say again, America, I believe, had a golden age from 1946 to 2001. And actually, I think the Golden Age ended on September the 10th, 2001. And September 11th sort of ushered, ushered in this new, uh, basically, era that we haven't quite named. I think of it not as a dark age, maybe, but a gray age. An age dominated by postmodernism and postmodern thought. And basically this relativist fog where every little thought has to be gone over and and focused on and some of that I've got to say is good and some of it is just it's not productive and it's not fruitful and really no great nation state or empire has ever had to do that nearly as much as we've had to do it and I don't know if it's because of technology or if it's because of basically I mean, I hate to say this, but essentially we're one of the most inclusive empires that ever existed, if you really look at it. Honestly, if you really look at history, we're one of the most inclusive empires or nation states that ever existed. We're certainly much more inclusive than our European, I guess, forebears, both in thinking and also in geographic reality. I mean... The entire history of Europe essentially is people killing people because they're not them. Whether that be the Protestant Reformation or the Counter-Reformation or the various pogroms or how they dealt with the Jews or the Muslims. You know, on and on we go. I mean, the fact is that, and here we get into deep history, but the fact is that the fall of the Roman Empire was a, was a major destabilization force in, you know, the western part of Afro-Eurasia. But, you know, that's not what I want to talk about now. What I want to talk about more than anything is that I keep seeing people who don't know what to do. And part of that is because of the virus, and that's undeniable. 
that part of that is honestly because of the virus. But I really think that part of it, honestly, is that we're, a lot of us are forced to confront basically the day-to-day reality of a lot of people in this country. And, and because of Twitter and because of social media, maybe these are people that we normally wouldn't have come in contact with. And we're forced to see their, their daily existence. And we're forced to think, you know, what do I think about that? And what I think about it, frankly, is that, you know, that's not my America. I, I don't want to see, I want to see the American promise for everybody. Is essentially what I want. I want to see, honestly, the American promise for everybody. And I want people to to be able to celebrate their ancestors and to be able to, to come into this country and to add their spices into the melting pot or whatever analogy you wish to use, the bone marrow, the spices, you know, whatever analogy. And we all make this wonderful stew or soup or metal alloy or whatever happy, you know, analogy you want. But the, the fact is that for a lot of people right now, that's, that's not possible. And the thing that I think some people might be learning for the first time is that, you know, our country wasn't nearly inclusive you know, and also I think that they're also kind of learning that for good or bad, this is it. This is as inclusive right now as our country has ever been. And I think a lot of people don't really like that and they don't really <laughs> know what to do except to protest and except to to be angry. Right. And I think there's some people that want to be sympathetic to that and so they want to go out and protest with them I think one of the things that's happening in our country really is the fact that we're being forced to confront the realities of being this technical and this interconnected and I've said this before on this podcast and I'm going to say it again but the fact is that COVID-19 is a negative outgrowth of that the fact is that COVID-19 is a negative outgrowth of all this interconnectivity that that we set up, you know, through interlocking our economies all over the world. And there's some people in this country, and turns out there's actually a lot of people in this country, who because they seem to be overwhelmed and their bandwidth, to use an analogy, is basically clogged up with modern life, they just really don't have time or the energy or the inclination to learn about a brand new disease it's honestly terrifying and the reason it's terrifying is because so new diseases do new things right new diseases they start out infecting one group of folks and then they basically if they become endemic they change and when they change there's a strong possibility that they infect other groups of folks so a wider audience if you will to use a terrible analogy but the point is is that you know there's some people in this country that have decided basically to check out of basically learning about innovations and newness and things like that and sadly and this really is sad it's become sort of a virtue signal to be you know, connected 
to new thought and new ideas and new research that's become unfortunately a virtue signal and that's that's horrible that's a horrible horrible thing and will lead absolutely nowhere good in this country but anyway because of that these people might not want to know about the newness that is this virus and they might not care so much because they don't think it can attack them because here's the thing one of the products of the golden age that was from 1946 to September 10th 2001 was America was undeniably dominant and there was seemingly no problem that America couldn't solve for Americans and they're used to that and there's a lot of psychological evidence that suggests why they would be used to it but they're used to it so they just think either the problem will go away or that it will solve itself and problems hardly ever solve themselves and problems like diseases and pandemics hardly ever go away I mean you think about you know I was a child when AIDS first came on the scene I actually met the man who was really crucial in identifying what AIDS was and who it affected and what's amazing is to hear his stories about you know this was the thinking about what AIDS was and you know I had to move this thinking and you know when you talk about pandemics in our modern age the pandemic before this and I'm I want you to envision me using air quotes the pandemic before this was the Ebola outbreak which in America it happened during the latter stages of the second term of Obama but in America you know it killed a, a lot a whopping two people right so we use the term pandemic at least in the United States loosely now the thing you need to understand is that there was a lot of behind the scenes things that never quite made it to the attention span of the average American as to what actually was going on to ensure that the huge vast majority of Americans would be safe from what is legitimately a horrifying disease. I want you to understand that. I've, I've studied diseases a little more because of this podcast. I want you to understand that Ebola is truly a terrifying disease. And the fact that we managed, not we, I wasn't involved, but the fact that America was in, you know, at a point where you could actually basically have it down to where two people could die of this thing instead of literally tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or God help you even more than that is just a remarkable feat of science and health technology and frankly a whole lot of luck and frankly that's what I think I'm learning is how much of life basically is boiled down to luck and not even on a personal level but on a state level on like a, a nation state level how much of a nation state's existence is basically boiled down to luck it's just a phenomenal amount that I'm I'm learning about and I've learned this for years and I'm relearning it again because of this podcast 
I mean, look, for example, at, I don't know if you've heard it, but I did a whole piece on um, Serbia. They were a basket case during uh, the run-up to World War One. Honestly, they were just this basket case. And a whole lot of that was just terrible luck that none of those people, not any of those people deserved. And frankly, you know, I think as a country, as a human race, we need to be a much more understanding of our fellow homo sapiens. That, you know, a lot of what's going on in your life honestly really isn't your fault. It's basically the fault of maybe not even others, but the fault of a system, the fault of of a systemic sort of situation that that happens or the fault of other people. But, you know, you yourself have almost no control over it. Anyway, so I, I've been having to confront this over and over again as I do this podcast and I interact with people about the podcast through social media or through private messaging. And so one of the things I thought I'd do, and I'm actually I did it with the last podcast, but this time I think I'll tell you, is one of the things I thought I would do with this channel is I thought I would actually go and record conversations with people. And some of these people are, are going to be experts or college professors, but some of these people are, are going to be just normal people. But, you know, we're all knowledgeable about different things. And I thought, well, this would be a great way for people to understand the perspectives of other people, other homo sapiens that you happen to be sharing this rock with. Because I think that's what's needed. I think understanding is what's needed so much. Anyway, so today or soon, you're going to be seeing a podcast from a fellow who's a a Christian fellow, and he is somebody who I spoke with about basically some of this reaction to COVID-19 and some of the stuff around that, and he kind of showed me some things that I wasn't thinking about per se, so I want him to come on the podcast and talk about some of that stuff and maybe some other things too, but I think understanding is what's needed here more than teams or sides. I think really understanding. And part of the reason I want to do this, maybe the main reason I want to do it, is because my little podcast on the Spanish flu and COVID-19 has become basically big, you know? And I just think I need to use this platform for something. And what I want to use it for is to promote understanding among other humans about uh, the condition of being a homo sapien during a pandemic that maybe some people don't think is a pandemic or don't really care. Um, but anyway, and I get it. I get that, you know, we all have to eat and we all have to live. I understand that, and really. But I also think that a lot of people are bewildered and confused, and some people honestly, you know, they're, they're behaving as though nothing is happening. When it's obvious that things are happening, if you just spend a little time researching, 
what's actually going on with COVID-19 it's really kind of, you know, the disease is changing. When they first told us, for example, when they first told us that young, healthy people could not get COVID-19 and could not die of COVID-19, on the day they said that, that was actually true. But the disease has changed so much, essentially since, I don't know, January, February, March, that that's now no longer true. So I thought this was really important for for us to talk about this world that we're seeing and what's going to happen in this world. Because here's something that I figured out, and I figured it out maybe a long time ago. Well, not really that long ago. After all, I, I'm a history major, so I deal in time spans a little differently from most people. But I figured out a few years ago that our world was changing in, in fundamental ways. I didn't know how it would become evident to people. But I think that evidence is this virus and our reaction to it, both as a country and as essentially a, a people. Because I got news for you. The rest of the world is seeing how we're dealing with COVID-19 and they're horrified. I wish I could read to you some of the DMs and some of the private messages I have from people all over the world about how we're dealing with COVID-19. And they're absolutely horrified. And they're bemused and bewildered. But anyway, so that's me and that's what I'm going to do. And yes, I'm still going to do the Spanish flu because, I, I you know, it's important. And I'm going to do the Enlightenment because that's important, too. That's totally crucial. But this right here, this is a thing that's going on in our society that we haven't really had experience with. What it, You know, what is a pandemic on the scale of possibly something maybe not quite yet the size of the Spanish flu, but something. But you have our modern technology, but also our modern needs and our modern... Um, not just our modern needs, but our modern society and our modern situations. Because one of the things that I look at between 1918 and today, one of the things that I see, well, here's where 1918 had it better, is we have to go into work. If the government isn't going to support us in some way, we have to go into work. A whole lot of people in 1918 were farm adjacent or they were farm like they were on a farm or they were farm adjacent there was a whole lot of people in 1918 that if they had to they simply could you know revert back to farming or or get in with your neighbors or so or so on and a lot of us today basically all of us almost can't really do that and so we're sort of stuck we're sort of stuck in this situation Anyway, so this is your podcaster saying hello and how you doing, and I'll be seeing you. All right, bye.